HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. During this time, it's more important than ever to support our friends and neighbors in the restaurant industry. Restaurant Workers Community Foundation has set up a national COVID-19 crisis relief fund. The money they raise will provide direct relief to individual restaurant workers, support other nonprofits serving restaurant workers in crisis, and offer zero-interest loans for restaurants to get back up and running. Visit restaurantworkerscf.org to donate today. And if you need a little extra motivation, you can DM your $20 donation to RWCF's co-founder, John DeBerry, on Twitter, and he'll give you directions for making a signature quarantine cocktail. Donate now at restaurantworkerscf.org. Welcome to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum, and I love to talk with people about what they do and how it influences their personal food stories. This is a show about people, life, and food. If you're just tuning in for the first time, all the previous episodes of Feast Your Ears can be found in the archives at heritageradionetwork.org and anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm thankful for listeners like you, and I would love it if you'd leave me a review. Today's theme, what can we learn about product development? We're in a weird place in the world. It's March 30th, 2020. The world has been dealing with the coronavirus outbreak for a few months, and many of us are stuck at home, working or not working, attending school, learning new things, but above all, not going out and seeing other people in person to help stem the spread of this vicious virus. I've been at home being the principal of the home school and working around that schedule. As I go into my fourth week staying in, I'm starting to think about what the other side of this looks like, not just when I get to see my friends in person again or hug my father but what things will be the same and what will be different. I've been thinking about the Ray Bradbury story, A Sound of Thunder, in which the present is changed by a small change in the long-ago past. This is more of a linear change that we're taking part in, but I think the reality of 2019 compared to the reality of 2021 could be vastly different when we look back from 2030. What is our world going to look like on the other side of this? Which restaurants will survive? Will we see a cultural shift to certain food and beverage? Will we still be a consumer-focused society? What about malls and retail stores? In the midst of all this change, there are consumer products companies that are always developing new products and seeing what sticks in the market. I spoke with Rizal Hamdala, the Chief Global Innovation Officer at Ocean Spray recently. 
He was born in Indonesia. He's an avid traveler. We covered travel, new products, and our need to have an awareness about how this virus is spreading and how important it is that we remember the people in the third world countries that don't have access to food, sanitation, and social distancing that many of us do. We also talked about tape, a fermented cassava that's common in Indonesia. I'd never heard of it, and now I look forward to finding it and trying it. So my name is Rizal Hamdala, and you can call me Rizal. I'm the Chief Global Innovation Officer for Ocean Spray. Um, and I joined um, the companies almost a year ago. Uh, I moved from Chicago to Boston. So very excited to be part with amazing company like Ocean Spray um, to create something that's meaningful and bring a new portfolio to the company as we are moving towards health and wellness. So, so yeah, that's me. Um, I'm originally from Indonesia, uh, born and raised in Indonesia. Uh, I have lived in this country for pretty good amount of time (laughs) (laughs) uh great um so ocean spray is a co-op is that correct correct and so how does that work so the i mean i've actually interviewed some ocean spray farmers in the past i uh, a number of years ago around thanksgiving interviewed the cranmas uh, the Ocean Spray yeah. group of farmers uh, who, I guess, run kind of a hotline around Thanksgiving uh, and cranberries. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, it's pretty much like um, our company is a private-owned company. It's a co-op uh, founded in 1930, and Ocean Spray is a vibrant agriculture cooperative owned by more than 700 cranberry farmers cool. um, who have helped preserve the family farming within generations so so that's hopefully helpful to just giving a a point of difference uh, compared with other companies probably that exist today sure um and you know so ocean spray i think is probably most famous for cranberry sauce and cranberry juice um but you know your job as the head of innovation um you know what sorts of things are you looking to move ocean spray into yeah, so um, that's totally correct. I mean, when you hear the word ocean spray, I'm sure people will resonate directly with cranberries as well as with cranberry juice. Right. So as we all know that uh, we always use cranberry at the center, now we're shifting more into consumer at the center with using cranberries towards that. So with that, um, we are very clear about our transformation that publicly we have been communicating this in the past uh, 18 months, I believe. Um, We are moving from a juice company into a health and wellness company. Mm. And health and wellness, why it's important because there's a lot of goodness within cranberries as well. So, and all these students of cranberries can help consumer and people to see the impact from health, physical health perspective, but also most importantly, wellness perspective. So it's, a, it's pretty much the loop of physical and mental health. So because of that, um, the portfolio that we are continuously building in the past uh, year or so, is really focused in driving this new health and wellness um, direction. And we are excited with some of the stuff that we already launched to market. For example, Astoka um, is the new brand and product line that we launched with using herbal 
as our core um, uh, proposition. So it's all natural, organic, and also herbal, which I think is very unique. Um, and also we launched Blue, which is a combination of cranberry juice with cold brew coffee hmm. to bring the best of the both worlds together. And it tastes so, so good. Um, and, and this is just an example to show it that we try to modernize our portfolio in driving towards health and wellness. Sure. No, I mean, it, it, it sounds like a good position to be in. Uh, you know, I also, you know, one of the things I remember speaking with the Cranmas about was that most people think about eating cranberries around Thanksgiving in the United States. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, but obviously that's not the only, I mean, you know, the, the company can't survive and farmers certainly can't survive if people are only using the product one day a year. <laughs> exactly. So, so the, the, the sauce is, uh, one of the necessities for uh, what's seasonal, like Thanksgiving, for example. So um, just stay tuned. We have more news on the stuff. Sure. Which uh, is very exciting. <laughs> um, and yeah, a lot of co- consumers, you know, see it or try it uh, as a test and uh, during our research. They were like, wow, I never expect this is coming from Ocean Space. So very exciting. Sure. Uh, does your uh, personal history of growing up in Indonesia play into any of the new products? Uh, very interesting question. I appreciate that. Um, I think uh, born and raised in Indonesia with a lot of Eastern values and um, a lot of home remedies, it helps. Um, and then I went to my, my master's in engineering at um, Northwestern University. So this is kind of the beauty of art and science, mm. if you will. <laughs> so it's helping me to help from the uh, direction where we're going. And when when I said that, it means like the what, but also most importantly, the how. How are we going to get there? Because uh, my role, as I call myself Sherpa, mm. is not only to just, uh, you know, telling the company, the public, and telling our people this is where our direction and we're going there, but also help them and help everyone. How are we gonna get there? And and be part of the journey and hands-on with the journey. I think that separates myself um, compared with a lot of other head of innovation. And I think uh, that part, which is the Indonesia part, play a role because, you know, uh, came from third world countries, um, the idea behind creation, the, the idea behind um, make things happen. Um, is very well built um, and you know like the hard work the effort so it's just it's just drained in my in my personality so I think uh, that helps a lot uh, for this role and helps a lot hopefully for the company as well sure flavor profile wise uh, in Indonesian food is there anything like the cranberry I mean I know obviously it's a very different climate <laughs> but <laughs> I mean um, uh, we actually it's funny because um, I don't think cranberry is a common fruit in Indonesia sure. or even in Southeast Asia. Um, but uh, we've seen some distribution uh, in Southeast Asia, actually even from Ocean Sway, which is showing that we are very strong globally on uh, cranberry presence. Hmm. But um, to your questions about flavor, I think um, there are some local Southeast Asian uh, fruits that have the tartness. Hmm. Um, maybe not the same as cranberry, but the impact to the consumer probably the same. Right. Um, but yet, I think um, 
that just shows how diverse our world is, right? So it's just beautiful that there are so many different types of fruits uh, among different continents, which I think um, what's unique about Sanberry is that I think it's something that we all know and publicly very well known is all the health benefits with it. Yep. And, and I think that's something that, um, that would be unique for the U.S. market because Cranberries is one of the super fruit that's grown and from this continent. And I think that's very unique for itself. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was, uh, I'm interested to know, you know, do you think that the marketplace for the kinds of products that Ocean Spray is creating, not just obviously juice, but as you said, you're moving into things that are more herbal, moving into a product that includes cold brew coffee, um, are going, is that marketplace going to be affected by the coronavirus outbreak that we're currently all living in? Um, I think in general, COVID-19 has become back to all of us, yeah. uh, whether from personal or even industry. So to your answer, yes. Uh, a little fortunate for food and beverage industry, um, we have been seeing a lot of positive spike yeah. from consumer because it's part of necessities. And our our company, our innovation, our product, uh, it's within the affordability, if you will. Mm. Um, you know, the pricing that we have is not something that's high or expensive. Um, so it's still within that range. And second, um, you know, with the benefits of the product that we offer, uh, now the idea behind a better product, safe product, high quality product. And then I know that when I drink it or eat it, uh, I can feel or kind of feel the impact from it. Mm. This is becoming more important because I think um, a lot of other industries that were unfortunate compared with us, consumers are changing their behavior very quickly. So we're lucky with food and beverage that uh, it's actually the behavior is becoming more important for them. They're more pickier than before. They're more aware about nutrition and health than before because of the explosion of information from <laughs> social media, right. digital, you name it. So we educate ourselves, even me. Like I have no idea a lot about viruses until sure. this past three weeks, right? Okay. I learned a lot, like, wow, you know? And now I'm like more alert. Oh my God, I'm breathing with uh, thousands of different viruses around me, right? So sure. these kind of things is new, uh, but yet also help in crafting the way of consumer thinking. I'm very intrigued to know what coronavirus or COVID-19 will take us later on right. in the journey. So sure. now it's very early. Yep. The next three months till early, I'm actually interested to know next year how this will change consumer from so many different aspects. Yeah, I mean, that's this a great question segue. actually is funny. It's, yeah. hey, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's, it's a good segue into my next question, which is you are an avid traveler. Um, I was looking at your, I was looking at your Instagram and in the last year, I mean, it looks like you were in Jordan, you were in Singapore, you've been in London, um, and you've been in Thailand. And so as an avid traveler, how do you feel about this? And, and are you nervous about getting on a plane again? Yeah, I feel trapped being very honest yeah. with you. I mean, like, uh, I cannot even leave my place mm -hmm. or I have to think twice to sure. leave our place, right? It's just hard. And uh, especially for, I will call myself a global citizen uh, because my family is around the world and it's even harder because 
you don't even know when you're gonna see them. You don't even know where you can see other places that you already have in your bucket list. Yep. And um, yeah, so it's it's hard. And and I think um, I don't know. Uh, I have two hypotheses about this. <laughs> One hypothesis would be I will change suddenly. I become the new result on traveling, which is no longer probably avid uh, in terms of physically somewhere. Mm. Maybe I will find a different way of doing it. Or second, there'll be a point, the extreme, that people will choose a different type of lifestyle. Right. And yeah. I don't know when or how that happened. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and I don't know that it's something that will turn on or off like a switch. Right. I mean, it, you know, I yeah. mean, I, you know, I split my time or before all of this, I split my time between New York City and Rhode Island. Uh, my kids, are, my kids live in Rhode oh. Island. And my wife and I split our time back and forth. And I'm currently in Rhode Island. And I've been here now since the 9th of March. I came back up to Rhode Island. Um, and, wow. you know, I'm glad to have a place outside of New York City where I can be right now, especially. But I don't know what is you know what the future holds i don't know if i am going to continue to live a life where i'm going back and forth to the city or will i base my life more here in rhode island where you know i mean i'm not like a i'm not a like deep kind of prepper but you know we have a little bit of land and so yesterday we were talking about planting a garden and kind of you know doing more things yeah, yeah. that we have access to here um and i'm not sitting in my apartment in brooklyn so hard to say Wow. It's funny because I live in downtown Boston mm. and then uh, in a condominium, mid-rise building and surrounded by like apartments. Yeah. And you can see your neighbor, you can see each other. And I, I was wondering, like looking at families and couples in a small one bedroom size, and that's probably the, that's the only place they have. Yeah. And and I heard directly from some of my friends and saying, well, oh, my wife is taking a call in the living room and I'm taking the call in the bathroom yes. because we don't have any other space. Yeah. You know, we live in a studio because it's so expensive, New right. York City or Boston. Right. And I was like, oh my God, and how long they can survive? I don't know. And, and I feel like, you know, this is the type of reality that we're dealing today. And um, I see a lot of different approaches or helps that happen in social media to entertain people, to keep that um, separation feels better for a lot of different households. Yep. And, and you know, it's, it's you and I facing the same way, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have uh, any thoughts? I mean, as someone who considers himself a global citizen and, and also with family all over the world that I assume you're in contact with during this pandemic, um, is there anything that you are hearing from family in other countries that those countries or families are doing related to the coronavirus that you think we should be doing here in the United States? Well, I think um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm having different point of view on that one, and I will share with you now. Sure. One is um, for the third world countries, like developing countries, the population of low-income consumer are way bigger than right. the United States. Right. When I said low-income consumer, people that live within a dollar a day, right. um, it's probably like 60 to 70%. And with that, their level of education about hygiene is so mm -hmm. different with other countries. Right. That's one problem. And then second, their income is daily income. Right. So whether they're, you know, riding a motorbike and giving uh, a ride and you will get an income or selling vegetables on the street and whatsoever, right? So this thing actually makes them to choose 
should I choose my health or should I choose my family to provide them food? Sure. Because if I don't make money today, my family cannot have food. So this is a reality that is very sad watching what happened in the globe, especially almost 70% of our population in the world is low income mm -hmm. consumer. So this is the reality, one. Second, I think um, uh, different type of government. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, for the government that is very, um, I would say, um, strong in terms of power in making people stay at home has been, seems to be effective. Yeah. Like, I know that some countries are sent military personnel to different neighborhoods. Literally, I just got a photo from my sister, like, look at in front of my house. There's a big, huge tank. Wow. Literally, like, boost everybody. I'm, I mean, I'm watching this photo this morning. I'm like, oh, my God. And this is, like, already secure space. And then, no, they just, I even cannot take photo. I got yelled by security people. Uh, but that's kind of the government that's really doing it, like, because they have to push it, you know, because the culture is not really following rules and whatsoever. I think not taking that as an example to the extreme, but I think a lot of people in this country, hopefully realizing more and more about the importance of physical dis uh, distancing and also stay home because this is moved pretty fast. Uh, look at New York City. Like now it's like on half of the coronavirus pandemic in the U.S. It's come from New York City, right? So, so that itself is required. I think um, discipline is critical. And I know that we own our lives. We have to write for ourselves. This is kind of the mentality that we have here. But in the same time, we also need to care about other people. Uh, maybe we're healthy, but um, what we bring may actually not good for other people and have a bad impact for other people. So that empathy probably needs to be more and more and use this opportunity to be real human, to be back to human. You know, like this is a very painful moment for all of us in the whole world, but let's go back to humanity because throughout this hard time, I'm sure we can hold hands together virtually and we can really like find a way to help each other uh, from different angle. I mean, um, my, my spouse working in the hospital and um, he's responsible for directly for a COVID-19 patient mm. every day in ICU. So like the simple, uh, you know, like mental support or even some uh, states need some help for clothing, equipment and stuff. Any help and support at this point, I think, show that how strong we are as human and community. I think that's more important than anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that perspective. Restaurants employ over 15 million people nationwide, and two-thirds of all restaurants are independently owned and not part of big chains. Yet currently, these small businesses are not represented in government relief negotiations. Roar is working to change that by fighting for relief opportunities for all restaurants. Roar is advocating for an eight-point plan in New York State that will allow restaurants to reopen and rehire when the time comes. Dozens of industry leaders have signed on to the plan, like Namwa Tea Parlor, Field Trip, Momofuku, and many more of your favorites. You can join them at change.org by searching for Roar, relief opportunities for all restaurants.
I'm sorry. I'm very, very passionate about this. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I mean, and I think it's important to remember. And I, I really appreciate the fact that you brought up the fact that there are so many low income people all over the world and especially in other countries. And I look at, you know, what just was announced yesterday in India, um, that the entire country is to shut down for three weeks. And I mean, they have an enormous population of people who, you know, what does that mean for people? You know, who, who, as you point yeah. out, live on a dollar a day or less, and it's it's day work. And so, if they don't have money, then they don't have exactly. Food. And then you're relying on a government to hope potentially provide that. But in a you know, in a lot of countries where, you know, I mean, I think our government isn't functional. But I mean, if you look at other countries, sometimes it's even worse. And certainly, they don't have access to providing services to people. So I think it's a you know, it it is very difficult. Um, but it but you know, we kind of have to keep people home, and then. We have our leadership in this country saying, well, you know, we need the economic drivers here, which is not about humanity, right? The, Wall Street is not humanity. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I think uh, we have all this effort from a lot of companies and Ocean Space included. For example, we just um, released um, 100,000 meals to distribute this in different states. It's probably nothing. Um, compare the needs that actually there, but we will continue doing it and encourage other industry and other companies to do so as well, um, because um, there's a lot of even within U.S. there's a lot of help needed. So I think um, this morning I just had a conversation with one of the head of insights. Like I, we, I'm hoping we're hoping that uh, what's changed between today and 2008. So today throughout this past 20 years, hopefully people become more people. Mm. Their heart and uh, emotional intelligence is becoming stronger because in this time of situation, we are testing. We are tested, can we pass this? And then that's why I think the company needs to be very authentic and also doing what's right for their people and for the community. And to that, this is one of the big principles of Ocean Spray. And I'm not saying it just because I'm often not at all. And you probably can hear it from my voice directly. This is so core for me and for the rest of our leadership and also for our growers and farmers because this is important. Our people is number one, business is number two. Mm. So, so leaping that conversation had happened in our organization, organization in the past three weeks. And we we were thrilled about that statement. We actually live it. So so I, I'm encouraging everyone and everyone that hears this conversation to continue doing it because in the end, our people is more important than anything else. You know, it's it's just core to our humanity. Absolutely, absolutely. So I want to talk. Uh, I want to turn to food again, uh, and I want to know what do you cook at home. Uh, you mentioned in the in the questions that I sent you before uh, that that you need to have a gas stove, which I appreciate. I I agree with you. Well, my the least favorite thing about where I am in Rhode Island is that I have an electric stove. Sadly, uh, but, uh, but but uh, I I want to under you know do you cook things uh, from all over the yeah. world? Do you cook a lot of Indonesian food? What do you cook? So I cook every day before all this happened, every night. Um, and then now I'm cooking more often. Yeah. Um, so I cook. So basically the way I'm cooking is pretty simple. Um, uh, one is I have to have 
um, protein. So split mainly, uh, we don't really um, eat red meat. Mm. We are mo- mostly chicken or fish. And then um, we are using different type of sauces and different type of options for carb. Whether it's rice, if you want rice, but we don't really use a lot as much as we did before. We use a lot of cauliflower rice. We use a lot of um, um, different type of pasta that's more healthier. And then um, I cook different things. I mean, uh, kitchen for me is like my own lab. So sometimes, uh, you know, I, I have inspiration like 10 minutes before. And basically, I can use almost anything that I have in my kitchen. So normally I'm going to make Italian or Asian food or Indonesian food um, and see where that um, level of, uh, for example, like last night, suddenly we really want something spicy. So then I just made um, chicken curry soup with noodle with a codfish on top, mm. you know? So that's like, mm. <laughs> like, like, I was like, oh my God, I never done this before. But then when we eat it, I was like, oh, this is tasty. So it just pushed your creativity this time because you don't really have anything else to do, right? So, and, or using ocean spray sauce. Like I never done it before, but I start creating like curry sauce with using, um, um, you know, ocean spray cranberry sauce. And I was like, uh, wow, I don't know whether curry can be sweet. You know, like I'm trying to identify that that balance but it actually tastes good uh the color it's a more purplish than actually yellow color because of the sauce itself so it's it's very interesting um how creative we could be in this time but i'm pretty much cook almost everything based on um inspiration that i got before i'm cooking got it can you tell me about tape t-a-p-e yeah so tell tell me have about you that. Tried it before? I, I have not. I, <laughs> I do a ton of fermentation. Um, so I mean, I started. So I I have it's, some. It's like a. Go ahead. Yeah, it's like cassava. It's like cassava, sure. but it's fermented. Um, the 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 taste is um, a little sweet through the fermentation. Yep. Soft, but you can. Sense a little alcohol in it. Sure. <laughs> I suspect there was alcohol, but I don't know whether that's actually alcohol, you know, but it's very healthy. This is another um, uh, Indonesian, um, uh, you know, like remedies that thinking fermentation is one of the best ways to bring that goodness from uh, yeah. the food. So, so yeah, it's very easy. I think it requires fermentation uh, between one to three days. It depends on how soft you want to have. Mm. And then um, then you serve it. Sometimes you can serve it just like that. Um, you can see the white color on top of the cassava, and that's okay. You know, people probably were like, oh, there is a white stick around it. That's just part of the fermentation. Sure. Or you uh, dip it into a uh, a type of sauce which is made mostly with uh, uh, tapioca flour, oil, and then some salt and pepper, and cut of red chili. So, uh, so that creates this uh, balance of sweet and sour because the cassava or the tape itself is already a little sweet. Got it. And do you ferment that yourself? Uh, no, I mean here I don't, but at home. Uh, my family know how to do it well, so I'm just <laughs> leveraging the resources at home. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and so where where do you get it if you wanted to have it in Boston? Can you buy it? So in I haven't get anyone anything yet in Boston. When I was in Chicago, 
there are some Indonesian community actually do it in their homes. Got so it. uh, it's like they sell it to within the community. So I was able to get some of them. So it's sort of like underground. Yes, <laughs> exciting though. Very cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Re- I've been reading about it since you sent me the back the questionnaire, and it's not. I do a lot of different fermentation. It's not one that I've ever come across. I'm very curious. I do have some. It looks like you can use Korean nuruk uh, starter, which I do have some Korean starter culture. Um, so I'm interested oh, to awesome. try to make it. I have well, to, I, mean, know I don't know where, I, yeah, I don't know where I'm going to find, I have to see where I can find cassava. That's the other thing, right? In Rhode Island. But uh, I think you I, can find it in some of Asian stores. Yeah. That's what um, I figured. I mean, in, in Boston, yeah, in Boston, they have some of them. I've seen it, uh, make sure that, um, you know, um, the color is like brown from the outside, mm. uh, like dark brown. And then, yeah. you, you know, you can just cut it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'll have to try it. I'll definitely. I'll. Uh, I'll let you know. And and you know, Boston's not that far from Rhode Island. If I make some, we'll have to figure out how to get you some. Yes, please. <laughs> um, great. Well, it's been a real pleasure to to chat with you. Um, do you have any other projects uh, going on that you wanna that you wanna bring up? Uh, anything coming up? I think you know people will keep an eye out for those new uh, Ocean Spray products. Certainly coming later this year. Yeah, people feel comfortable going. Yeah, I mean, of course. <laughs> If you guys like go to some of the customers or uh, stores, uh, try to find the brew. That's the mm. product that's already almost nationwide available. Uh, very, very tasty, yet also low sugar and providing a lot of good energy, which is only like uh, like a like a half of coffee, cup of coffee mm. within one glass of the juice. It's so tasty. It's just like distributed probably around six to eight weeks ago. And then Atoka is uh, also the one that I mentioned about herbal. But we have some innovation coming up in the next few months. Uh, just stay tuned. It's very exciting and very focused on health and wellness. The other one that I will actually share with you and everyone is we are in the middle of testing now. Um, if you guys go to Indiegogo, uh, take a look at the brand called Dadly. Um, it's our new disruptive innovation which is try to disrupt sun care. Mm. So now you can have sun care products that you can eat, uh, you know, a protection for your skin that is super unexpected. So it's very disruptive. Um, the name of the brand is Dabli. Um, the products are uh, gummies or yeah, gummies and also shots. So take a look. Um, I think it's going to be end the campaign next week or so. Uh, then we will ship the product to you. So now we are doing the testing in Austin as well. And uh, this is something that the team did very well within five months and really disrupting the sun care industry. So mm-hmm. now why not? Why beauty have to be topical? Why beauty have to be outside? Why not beauty comes from within? So, very so interesting. Yeah. Please make sure you take a look at the website. It's really cool. Yeah, neat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rizal, for taking the time. And, uh, you know, I hope that uh, you and your family are, you know, safe and, and healthy in this bizarre time of, uh, you know, self-isolation that we're all in. Yes, you too. And everybody else too. Please stay uh, healthy and be safe, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to Feast Your Ears today. You can find out more and follow Rizal at About Rizal on Instagram and look for his mark on Ocean Spray's new products. 
You can find Feast Your Ears as well as lots of other great shows at heritageradionetwork.org on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please reach out if you have any questions. You can find me on email, harry at thebrooklynkitchen.com, and you can follow me on Instagram at thefoodballer. Talk to you next week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Feast Your Ears is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.